Hello and welcome to The Word Opened with me, Bramwell, from Holness Ministries. This is a weekly podcast opening God's Word, going through verse by verse and looking at what God's Word, the Bible, says. And so we have been unpacking the book of Acts uh, ever since we started this podcast. And last week we were focusing on Acts 1 verses 15 to 17. This whole thing of where Peter stands up. That he takes the lead. He shows his, his natural leadership. And he takes the lead and he shows his natural ability you know, and remembrance of scripture. And he brings out about you know, prophecies that have been said about the fact of, of Judas, about someone who would betray Jesus and all of these things. And he brings all this out. And we were focusing on those things and you know, reminding ourselves that actually you, the importance of God's word, the importance of the fact that God's word is truth, and that through God's word, through the scriptures of the Old Testament, you know, the prophecy of what was to happen, of who Jesus was, and the prophecy of what was to happen to him is all coming true, and that Judas had a part to play within all of this and so we're going to be continuing to build on what we were looking at last week and particularly spending some time today really looking at Judas because Judas often gets this bad press he's the one character within everything that is oh he's the betrayer he's the one who betrayed Jesus and yes and we can't take that away from him but the point is that he played a key part within the prophecies of what was going to happen to Jesus. And so we're going to come back and we're going to look at Acts 1.15 um, and, and go forward from that. You looking at, So we're going to start in Acts 1 verse 15. And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples... Altogether, the number of names was about 120 and said, men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus, for he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity. And falling headlong, he burst open in the middle of, and all his entails gashed out. And it came to known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem. So that field is called in their own language, Akodama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let this, his dwelling place be desolate, and let no one live in it, and let another take his office. Therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. We're going to pause there. 
because that's you that brings a nice conclusion to where we are at the moment and i said earlier on that we're going to be focusing on judas but one thing i just want to focus on here in regards to judas is that in verse 17 you know, peter's talking about Judas, and he says for he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry judas was given a part in the ministry of jesus jesus didn't make a mistake when he prayed about which people to bring close to him he never made a mistake judas was not a mistake judas was placed in the position he was in by god because he had a purpose and paul brings that out you know if we go back to verse 16 which the holy spirit spoke before by the mouth of david concerning judas who became a guide to those who arrested jesus this had been prophesied you know, there was going to be a betrayer and jesus even mentions it himself but the thing is that judas had a part in the ministry the word ministry meaning service judas had a place of service and as we go through and look at judas throughout our time together this week he had a we're going to see how he had all these positions how he was put in this place but we need to remember that we cannot judge him because god orchestrates everything and we're told in matthew 7 verses 1 and 2 to not judge we're not to judge one another god is our ultimate judge he is the one who judges it is him that we come before at the end of our time on earth it is not man man does not have the final say as to whether you you enter into heaven or hell and in fact the bible even says that we should not be worrying about you know, the fact of of, of who is going to heaven and hell but we should be just concentrating on ourselves but then also should be sharing the gospel it's not for us to judge who is going to heaven and hell but it is for us to do our part in god's ministry which is to share the gospel to go and make disciples yeah, that's our role our role is not to say you don't get into heaven you do get into heaven that's not our role that's not our ministry our ministry is to say jesus died on the cross for you he was buried but he rose again three days later and you can have eternal life in him you can have hope you can be free of all your baggage you can be free of sin but only through jesus you know the way that you live the things that you are caught up in the addictions that face your life the the anger issues that you have 
Jesus died on the cross for all of that. Do you know the 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 lying that you've done? You the the adultery that you've done. Madam, you know that when you have looked at another man, you have committed adultery in the heart. You know the desire to have sex with somebody else. Jesus went to the cross for all of that. He went to the cross for your sin. For all of that that is against what he says that we are to live. He went to the cross and he died for you. Do you know that that whole thing of where you are trying to make your own way with money. You are trying to make money yourself. You're getting caught up in whole cryptocurrency, currency. Gambling. He died for you for that. And you can be free from that today. That's the message that we are to give. That's the message that we are to share. We're not to go around saying you're going to hell. We're not to finger point because that's not the message that we are given. In fact, just before we move on from this, I want to highlight this even more because I think in this day and age, you know, we can be very easy to finger point at people. You, The church can be very good at finger pointing. Yeah, the church can be very good and very hard down on you people of uh, homosexuality and say, well, you're not going to heaven. Do you know what? Homosexuality is a sin. There's no doubt in that. The Bible says it clearly. But so is lying. So is stealing. So is cheating on your wife or your husband. It's sin. But we don't go around saying, you're a liar and you're going to hell. You stole that pen, you're going to hell. No, we don't do that. So we need to stop making judgments. And I think this is something that the church is not good at doing yet. The church can make a judgment. And in fact, you, I, I know that I myself have fallen into this. I've fallen into the fleshly desires of my own you know, judgments on things, on people. When we should be making sure that actually what we are doing, what we are doing in our own life is scriptural, is biblical, and that we are living the life that God is calling us to. Jesus never judged. He spoke clear words that were biblical, that were sent down from heaven. He did not, he did not go around finger pointing directly. He did not have his opinion. It all came from God. And we are to do the same today so let's get into 
Judas. Here we've already said that Judas was chosen by Jesus. You know, it didn't just happen. It wasn't just a freak accident. Judas was chosen by Jesus. And if we look at Luke 6 verses 12 to 16, it says, Now it came to pass in those days that he, that's Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve whom he also named apostles. Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Apphias, and Simon called the Zealot, Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who also became a traitor. Judas was chosen and in being chosen Judas left everything to follow Jesus he left everything to follow Jesus we don't we don't hear what he left behind you know, if we think about uh, you know, the the fisherman we think we think about Peter we think about you know Andrew you know, we think about those people because they appear a lot more within scripture but all the disciples left everything behind. When Jesus called the fishermen, he said, you know, come and follow me. You know, when the man comes to him and, and wants to follow him, and, and you, he, Jesus says, you let the dead bury the dead. He means leave. You know, the dead have gone. Leave them. Leave it all behind and come. Come with me now. It is the matter of a now. And Judas left everything to follow Jesus. He spent three and a half years with Jesus. He spent three and a half years in a relationship with Jesus. And in that time, he saw miracles. He saw healings. He saw resurrections. He saw the casting out of demons. You know, he heard the teaching of Jesus. He spent all this time closely with him. And yet, he still, he still betrayed Jesus. And we're going to look a little bit later on at, at, at all of that. But let's you know, just think about this. He'd left everything. He spent three and a half years with Jesus. He saw everything that Jesus did. He heard everything that Jesus taught. Now what about people that we know today that walk, that go to a church? Okay. They spend time in a church. They may see Miracles and healings. They may even see the casting out of demons. They hopefully are hearing some teaching from scripture. That's the same as Judas. You 
Here the character of Judas is not unlike some people that we may be seeing around us. May not be unlike people that we know personally. It may not even be unlike you. There are Judases all around us today. So let's take this a little bit further. Do you know Judas in Matthew 10 was sent out to do the ministry that Jesus had told them to do? Matthew 10, reading from verse 1. And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. First Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, the son of Apphius, and Libius, whose surname was Theodos, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold, nor silver, nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. Now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy and stay there till you go out. Let's just pause and back up there a minute. So Jesus calls the twelve together, and we know Judas is one of them. He gives them power. He gave Judas power over unclean spirits. He gave Judas power to cast them out. He gave Judas power to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. He told Judas to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He told Judas to go and preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do you know that's the message that we are also to preach today. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is at hand for every single person, just as it was back then. You know, we go out and we preach the gospel, but we forget what the fact that the gospel actually brings. The gospel brings salvation, and salvation brings us into the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is at hand for every single person because of Jesus. And we are to preach that same message. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do you know you are outside of heaven until until you believe and receive Jesus. You are outside. The Bible says that when you do that, you are then a citizen of heaven. That your spirit testifies with his spirit that you are a son of God. That's your identity. The identity comes 
because you are within the kingdom of heaven. But let us go back to Judas and what we were talking about in regards to Judas. So Judas is given power. He's able to take command over unclean spirits. He's able to cast them out. He's able to heal all sicknesses and all diseases. He's told to go and preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's told to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. He's even told to go without any money. He's told to go without a bag. He's told to go without two tunics, nor sandals, nor staff. He has to trust what Jesus is saying. He has to trust. And yet, and yet, he still betrays Jesus. Despite this. As I said earlier on, there are Judases out there today. There are Judases all around us. There are Judases all around us. And if Judas could be given the power to do these things, then there are people around us that are given that power to do things. And we can be very quick to judge and say, well, it's demonic power. Hang on a minute. Judas was given power by Jesus. This is weird. It doesn't make sense. Judas was a part of God's plan. He was in that ministry. He served. What's going on? So let's continue. Why did Judas betray Jesus? Well, there's a number of thoughts around this. Why did he betray Jesus? If we look at uh, John 12, verse 6. Um, in fact, I'm going to go back and read from verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. Then they made him supper and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spinach, anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who had betrayed him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. Jesus said, let her alone, she has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you you have with you always, but me you do not have always. You know, Judas had the money purse and Judas was stealing from the money purse. 
So there's a there's a concern there straight off that Jesus is walking with Jesus. He's having a relationship with Jesus. He's still having power from Jesus. And yet behind the scenes, he's stealing. Behind the scenes, he is doing something that goes against the Ten Commandments that are given. Do not steal. Jesus came to die for those sins. But Judas is still continuing to live that life, the old life of stealing. His desire is money. He's hidden in the crowd, in the disciples' crowd, with the twelve of the, with the other eleven. He's hidden. But yet behind the scenes, his heart is still desiring the money. His heart is still clinging to wanting money rather than wanting the relationship with Jesus. And even though Jesus has given him everything, he's given him all this power we talked about not so long ago. And yet he still, still wants more. And so therefore, you know, there's this thought that he betrayed Jesus for the money because his heart was so much for money. But there's also the thought that he was disillusioned with Jesus. As he is expected that the, the Messiah, as many other Israelites did, that the Messiah would come and would give an uprising against the Roman rule. That he would be a, a warrior. And Judas had got to this point after three and a half years and he was hearing some things that Jesus was saying now and he realised that this was never going to happen. And so maybe he even came to a point where he didn't realise who Jesus truly was. Do you remember when Jesus asked the disciples and says, who do you say I am? And Peter is the one who stands up and says, well, you are the Messiah. And, and Jesus says to him, you know, heaven has revealed this to you. Judas hasn't said anything. Does Judas really know who Jesus is? So has he got fed up with, you know, three and a half years of following this man around and realized actually nothing's happening. I need to take things into my own hands. How many of us can get to that place where we become dissatisfied with you know, a church leader or get dissatisfied with the, the, the people we're walking with and decide to take things into our own hands. Even get to the point of actually betraying them, talking about them behind their back, bad-mouthing them to other people. It happens. I know it happens. There are those people that will pretend to be walking with you and yet behind your back are saying these other things. They're either saying these things about you or they are saying things to put themselves on a bigger pedestal than you. Let me come back to what ministry is. It's service. 
It's serving one another. It is not about elevating to another position. So we can learn a lot from Judas. But then another point as well that is sort of you know banded around is that Judas was becoming afraid because he could see that the tide was turning against Jesus. Judas could see that you what was happening with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and so he he ended up in this panic. He didn't want to be there anymore when you know, he, he knew that Jesus was going to face something that you you just was going to be awful. He knew that there were plots against him. Jesus even talked about it. And Judas panicked and freaked out and decided, I've had enough, I'm getting off this one. I think that it's a combination, in all honesty, of all three of these things. And again, we can see this last one today. You know, when people are making a stand for things and the going gets tough and they continue to make that stand, there are those people that will bail out. Do you know, there are those people that will bail out and then when they see that they've come through that stand, they will come back to them. But the point is they've shown their true colour. And so there's always going to be a wariness. You allow them back in, you accept them. But you want to see a transformation and a change. And again, that comes back to Jesus. Jesus is the only one who can bring a transformation and a change in somebody's life, in somebody's heart, in somebody's mind. So we see all of this within Judas. And then Judas goes. He's given the money. Betrays Jesus. And in Matthew 27, we see the remorse. Matthew 27, verse 3. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, that's Jesus had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. But the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury because they are the price of blood. And they consulted together and brought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom they of the children of Israel priced, and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. Again, we see a prophecy about all of this. But the thing is that Judas felt remorse. He was remorseful. And so he took his money back, thinking that by handing over the money, it would get rid of his guilt. 
Do you know, repaying, you cannot get rid of guilt by repaying. You cannot get rid of guilt by giving something back. Do you know, if you do something wrong, you cannot overcompensate for that wrong to make it right. The guilt will always be there. And so Judas, trying to pay off his guilt, actually realizes that it's thrown back in his face. He can't give back the money that will then cleanse him of his guilt. We cannot buy our salvation. We cannot buy a guilt-free life. That is not possible. No matter how much we try, we cannot be guilt-free. The only place that we can be guilt-free is in Jesus himself. Do I often wonder what would happen if Judas had managed to get to Jesus and said to Jesus, I'm sorry. If we think about the two criminals that are crucified next to Jesus, one of them recognizes who Jesus is, recognizes that he doesn't even deserve to be there. And Jesus says to him today, you will be with me in paradise. Why? Because he's realized who Jesus is. He's believed in who Jesus is. And through that, there has been forgiveness. If Judas had truly recognized who Jesus was, I believe that we would be seeing a different story in regards to Judas. But we don't. And the guilt becomes so much, he goes and hangs himself. And all of this has been set by God to fulfill the prophecies that have already been spoken years been years beforehand, hundreds of years beforehand. It has been set. And Jesus knew about Satan's influence in Judas's life. And you know, he knows about the Satan's influences in your life. He knows where the enemy gets to you. He knows where the enemy uses you. And even when Jesus knew that about Judas, he still walked with him. He still had a relationship with him. He still gave him power. All for his glory. Which comes back again to what we were talking about last week. It's all for God. It's all for God. It's not for us. It doesn't make any sense to give Judas power. To give him the authority to drive out demons and to bring healings and things. It doesn't make any sense. But it brings Jesus glory. And it brings God the glory. We will never know if someone else is going to heaven or not. We will never know. We will only know about our own salvation or not. 
But what we can see is Satan's influence in people's lives. And we can direct that to scripture. So did Judas lose his salvation? And the answer is no. Because Judas was never saved in the first place. He never realized who Jesus truly was. He spent all this time with Jesus but never truly accepted him for who he was. And at the end, he tried to pay back his guilt, but he never truly repented for what he did. He never went to Jesus and repented. He never went to God and repented. When he couldn't be, get his, his salvation bought, he then went and hung himself. He tried to fix it himself, and this led to his suicide. And in fact, here we come back to Acts 1 verse 18. Now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all his entrails gushed out. Judas tried to hang himself, but he fell headlong and he burst open in the middle and all his entrails gushed out. When he fell, his body split open. His body burst open. Now, I don't know whether he actually managed to commit suicide first and then fell, or whether this is even worse. And the fact is that he tried to commit suicide. He actually fell. Maybe the branch broke. And in still being alive, he hit the ground and his body burst open. I think the worst, the second one is the worst. But the point being that he had tried to fix it himself. And when the guilt had got too much for him and he couldn't fix him himself, he went to suicide. And this is something that happens around us today. Suicide happens today. And it happens because people can't cope with things that are going on in their life anymore. I know personally because I have been in that situation. You know, I've been in a situation about eight years ago. Seven, eight years ago. Where... I couldn't carry on anymore. Everything had gone on top of me. My life had been out of control. And I I had made it go out of control. And I wanted to end my life. I couldn't cope with it anymore. And I was going to do... I was going to commit suicide. I'd written the letters... I put out pictures, all um, and, you know, all of everything to me. I put out on a table. I couldn't cope with it anymore. I couldn't cope with life anymore. I couldn't cope with the guilt that I had for what was happening in my life. And so I wanted to end it. And you know what stopped it? 
It was the fact that a friend that I hadn't seen for a few years came to the door, knocked on the door. And and something which I can only describe now was the Holy Spirit made me open that door. When I opened that door, my friend was stood there and he said to me, I just felt God said I had to come. And when he walked in, he realized what I was going to do. And he knew why God had prompted him to come. I hadn't seen him for a few years. But that night... He was obedient to God and came and arrived on my doorstep and stopped me from doing something. You, the point is that suicide is the way out for people who can't live with what is going on in their life anymore because they are trying to fix it themselves. The only one that can bring the fixing is Jesus. And I come back to this fact. If Judas had gone to Jesus, I believe that we would be having a totally different conversation here. We can learn so much from Judas. And that's why it's important, I believe, to just spend this time, you know, this week, looking at Judas because Judas can teach us so much in what some people are around us like. But again, it comes back to this thing. We cannot judge anyone. We cannot judge who is going to heaven and who is going to hell. Because the, the, everybody is put in a certain place by God. Judas was put in his place to see the prophecies fulfilled. And yet he still betrayed Jesus. You need to be wise. You need to have your head about you. But you need to be following Jesus. And living how he commands us to live. Which is to love one another. And so I pray that as we come to the end of this time, and you know, we've been slightly longer this week, but I pray that this is an encouragement to you. Yeah, I pray that this is an encouragement to you, that as we've looked at the character of Judas and where he's come from and you know everything, God had a plan for him. And yeah, his plan may not have been the fact that he would ever get enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he had a plan for him. But Judas didn't know who Jesus was. And this comes down to, again, the whole thing of predestination. Even Judas was not predestined to be in the kingdom of heaven. God calls us through Jesus by name. And as Jesus says, those that the Father gives to me I will not lose. But Judas was never given to Jesus because Judas never knew who Jesus truly was. Do you know who Jesus truly is? 
do you spend that time with him? Do you know him as Lord and Savior of our life? Do you put your trust in him? Or do you do things that are secretly behind you know, other people's backs to try and make your own way? Are you truthful about your life? Pray, Holy Spirit, right now, will you come? Will you come and will you comfort? Will you cleanse minds? Will you reveal places in lives where we're not walking with you? Holy Spirit, will you bring your comfort to those listening that are doing things in the dark? Holy Spirit, will you pour out your love and your conviction? And Lord, may hearts be changed in this moment for you. May minds be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's been great to be able to share this with you this week, and I pray that it's been an encouragement. And so I hope that you will join us again next week when we will continue our look at uh, Acts, and uh, we'll be picking it up next week from looking at Acts 21. But until then, God bless you. Stay safe, stay protected. May you know that you are loved. God bless.